Welcome back to the Late to Grid podcast. This is your host, Bill Snow, and uh, I have Randy Erickson with legendary Randy Erickson Films on this episode. Before we got started, Randy and I were talking about he's probably the guest uh, that's lived the furthest away from me geographically. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, if you are a first-time listener to the podcast, thanks so much for checking it out. I hope the content that you learned today and in other episodes helps you along your motorsports journey. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for being a listener and spreading the word about helping growing our sport. But uh, enough about the podcast. Let's get talking to Randy here. Randy, thanks so much for being on. Well, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun not to have to think of the questions to just answer. Yeah, see, Randy has a podcast himself, which we will get into as well. But Randy and I got connected on Facebook, and uh, tell the listeners exactly where you live, Randy. So I live in the Black Hills of South Dakota, and I usually explain it by, if you know where Mount Rushmore is, I live about 20 minutes away from there. So literally in the middle of the woods, uh, surrounded by Forest Service, and 20 minutes from town. So it's like the best of, best of both worlds. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you and, and what you do, your motorsports background. So who's Randy Erickson? And tell us about your connection with motorsports. Oh, that's... So as I put it, it took me 60 years to get here. But probably my <laughs> earliest memory in, you know, in thinking of motorsports stuff and stuff, things like that that I've been, is sitting on the floorboards with my mom and dad in their Sunbeam Alpine doing uh, time-distance rallies. Um, that's when I was five years old. And as I said, 60 years later, I was at uh, the Rolex 24 working for Michelin, balancing tires and, and taking some pictures. So um, that's the direct line, but it's more <laughs> like uh, an EKG when you get to it. So... I started doing photos and, and uh, film in 09. Before that, I'd been a, an athlete myself, a professional bike racer, uh, won, a, won a Masters World Championship mountain biking. And so I was pretty good, but I got real burned out, you know, racing for 30 years. Um, so I started getting on the other side of the camera. And in the last 10 years, in no particular order, I did a documentary with Team Canada at Motocross the Nations. Um, through some friends, been to Baja f- three times, the Baja 1000. Um, what else have I done? Bonneville once. Um, a bunch of, uh, you know, anybody that comes through town, you know, World of Outlaws, uh, AFT, Motorcycles, Flat Track, Motocross, uh, Extreme Flat Track. Shot all that. Um, and then last year I got, uh, basically I saw a Facebook post for Flying Ghost Race Team. And uh, they were doing seat rentals. And I said, hey, do you guys need, probably need some really good media? And they're like, well, yes, we do. So uh, I got mm-hmm. hooked up with them. And we did five or six champ car races last year. And um, that kind of gets us up to date. So uh, that's awesome. What a what a cool background. And I think it's really neat when folks have the memories from, I mean, you were five years old, your parents doing a time speed distance mm-hmm. rally. And, um, you know, you, you, it was always in your blood. It was always in your DNA. Well, it was. I mean, um, 
like when I was young, I would spend summers with my grandmother, my dad, dad's mom, and he had a whole stack of uh, sports card graphic magazines. So every summer I'd reread sports card graphic magazine. And then all through the time, even though I was never involved with motorsports, you know, every month road and track, car and driver, you know, I, I always kind of on that little fringe. And it's just like, didn't really ever expect it to be anything more than that. But, um, you know, you just, you just keep chipping away. And then all of a sudden a friend of yours says, hey, I know a guy that's going to Baja. You want to go? <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, let's talk about the flying. It was Flying Goose that you did la- uh, with the Champ Car stuff with, right? Flying Ghost. Oh, Flying Ghost. I'm glad flying I Ghost. For, yeah. And I would have never found that. <laughs> so what all did you do with them? So Flying Ghost. Um, so um, everything media. So Flying Ghost is that. Let's put it this way. The concept didn't quite work, but it did really. It was really fun for a while. So they were a seat rental team. Had two BMWs. Um, Jasper Dengler, who I'm actually now doing another project with, and uh, Fritz Wilkie. And they were, Fritz especially um, literally wrote a book on branding your race car team. So uh, he wanted somebody to come in brand. So I would do photos all weekend, videos, uh, live updates during the week or during the weekend, put together, uh, you know, a recap video at, at you know, Saturday night, Sunday night of the race. Um, tried to make it a real professional uh, experience, at least from the media side. Um, you know, because the drivers, are, the drivers are getting that that side of it. You know, feeling like you know they're coming into a team and they're you know doing these uh, you know racing on you know Road America, Sebring, you know these really cool tracks. So I felt that my price my job was to you know give them a professional package when they're done with really cool photos and uh, yeah videos and stuff and and if I had to clean clean wheels once in a while I'm fine with that too <laughs> whatever it takes right so what um, whatever it takes right yeah uh, so when was the last time you you got behind so you raced uh, bicycles and mountain bikes and that kind of stuff but when was you ever get behind the wheel or behind the handlebar and um do some stuff like that? Uh, no. Flat tracked once and separated. My shoulder and I came to a separation agreement. <laughs> um, no, but and here's here's the problem. And I and I don't. I just heard this a little while ago, and it's it really. Uh, I think it's cool. I, I have a lot of talent by association, so I sit and edit videos. And look at all this stuff and racing and, and and many other things too, rock climbing and other sports. And when you look at it long enough, you're like, well, that's not so hard. I mean, I could do that. Piece of cake. And then you think, no, I can't. Those, those people are really good. Those <laughs> drivers are really good. I mean, I understand the concept of, of race car driving. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be any good. So if I don't do it. I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, anyway, I'm pretty good because I don't have to get out there and put a lap down. 
Um, that said, you know, there's there's always that. Well, maybe maybe at sixty, whatever sixty. You know, there's a point where you come, you don't remember how old you are. <laughs> maybe when a, I'm a six-year-old wonder kind, and maybe I should be out there. And uh, you, know, you know, Roger Penske probably would appreciate that. I, you know, he'd have a peer as a driver. Yes. But I'm not counting on that part. Maybe not. What were some highlights from last year, uh, your season last year in 2022? Seeing all these tracks that I've I've heard of, you know, Road America, uh, Sebring. Um, Ozarks, which I didn't know anything about, but was was extremely cool. But um, yeah, I really think probably uh, Sebring was the highlight. We were there twice. Um, once in was it maybe twenty one? I guess what at the fall or I don't you know how they all mm-hmm. run together. But then we were there in January in July for the Fourth of July race, and uh, yeah, it's just something about. The, that track and the history of it, and you, you feel so connected to those racers. Um, a little bit at, at Road America, but Sebring really, um, you know, arguably the birthplace of sports car racing, and, and being there, and you know, even getting to do a, a siding lap, you know, in the rail car was just like, this is pretty cool. I like yeah. this. Um, so... Yeah, so, yeah, for Champ Car, that was the highlight. You know, what else did I do last? So, in the fall, I went to Baja with the Goodyear uh, pit crew. So, that was that was pretty cool. Cool, go down there and, uh, you know, hang out pits and, and watch all the race cars come through and, and uh, meet all those cool people. But, yeah, yeah, let's go Sebring. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how do you... How do you get these opportunities? Is it through networking? Or are you you're building relationships with some folks? How does all this all come together? Uh, yes, both of those. So like I said, the first time I went to Baja, I have a good friend who um, my wife and I knew him when he was in high school. He moved to Denver. He did some welding for Mike Palmer, who has a, a trophy truck. And... Uh, he said, hey, they're going to Baja. You want to go? And I called up Mike, and we talked. And so so from from going down there with him, then I met, uh, you know, Shannon Campbell and the Campbell Racing. So I got to go to the King of Hammers, which is, you know, a really big off-road race. Um, yeah, so, you, yeah, you meet people that way. Um, you know, you connect that way. Uh, then the Flying Ghost was literally, like I said, a post on Facebook. And through that, I've, uh, you know, met other, you know, other racers, other teams. Um, you know, Jasper and I are, like, so Jasper Drengler is getting ready. Probably when this comes out, it'll be finished. He's raced in 46 states. Oh, my gosh. The United States. So we're going, uh, so we're going the first week of April, and we're going to hit South Carolina, Delaware, Maryland, and then two weeks later, West Virginia, and finish it. So, so I'm doing a we're we're putting together a film on that, um, and then you send you send hundreds of emails, <laughs> you know, literally, and and I've been through that process before when I started doing um, adventure racing, which is human powered racing, you know, races that are anywhere from uh, ten hours to ten days. 
you send emails. You just send, hey, this is who I am. You know, I'll work for I'll work for nothing. And then eventually somebody says yes, and once one person says yes, then it it, it just it gets easier and easier and easier. You know, your your uh, your reputation gets out there. People know who you are. Uh, once you once you stop having to explain who you are in the first line of your email, it gets a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do. And you want to know a yeah. secret? My my top secret yes. secret is I'm on the racing racing jobs forum page. <laughs> when I see some race team that's looking for help, like trucky, tire mechanic, I send them an email and say, "Hey, I know you're not looking, but." if you ever need a media guy, because they know they're looking at their email right there. Ah, that's a great idea. So you're not quite sending it cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, I, you know, I've had some conversations with a few teams and a few drivers this year. Um, you know, nothing nothing set in stone yet, but, you know, i still got a few, few open dates. So, um, you know, yeah, we'll get a couple more races in this year, I hope. Yeah. So uh, this year, um, so far, you've done uh, Rolex and Sebring, right? Yep. So, and those are both with Michelin, and and that's part that's part of um, the network. So Jasper has worked for him as a as a tire changer. We're not a, we're not tire changers. <laughs> so literally, what I do, so Sebring last what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. We were. I was in the tent for 17 hours balancing tires. Wow! <laughs> so, I I did a whole video on it while I'm down there. So the so they're in there. They got they had six production lines, two people on each one. You know, mounting and unmounting the tires. Send them to the next guy. Pops the bead. Sends them to the next person. They air it up, and then there's two of us on each line. Put it on the balancer. You know, you spin it up. It shows you where you got to put, you know, lead tape. You slap the lead tape on it, you check it, and you need to stack it. And that's what you do for, you know, the, literally the whole race. Now, Daytona was better because we were on shifts. So, you know, I got, I had like six hours where I got to go, you know, shoot the race. And, uh, you know, you don't really need to shoot a 24-hour race for 24 hours. No. <laughs> so... You know, I got to take pictures like the first, like the first first three hours of the race, and it was that was really cool. So, um, yeah, but it's it's so interesting to see that side of the motorsport, the 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 not grassroots, mm -hmm. um, to go down there to Daytona and see that that 29, 29 semis loads of tires Michelin brought in, the eight eight thousand tires. Wow. Wow. So looking, and you started to hit on this, looking at the, yeah. the racing <laughs> through the lens, does it give you a different perspective? Do you see things differently? Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always been my strong point as a photographer is, is seeing things differently or catching those little things um, you know, you may not even you may not even see it when you're shooting, but then when you start editing your photos, you're like, oh look look what I got here, you know this this really cool thing. Or you look for the really cool backgrounds and um, 
Yeah, or you, you know, you you bring out the 600 mil and you get in there and you're you're shooting. You you start to see the eyes, um, and you get a lot of that, especially in motorcycle racing, where you where you really get in and you, and you can see the focus. I think that's the one thing um, that, that that's cool that, that you you can't see from TV. Maybe if you have an in-car cam, you can, but but um, yeah, to see the focus of those drivers is is. Is just uh, you know pretty cool. To, you know, they're like, yeah, they they got their act together. When did you start getting into filming? Two thousand nine. So there was a big adventure race in the Black Hills, which is our backyard, and, and I was part of the uh, the the crew putting it on. I mean, it, it was an international race. It was called Primal Quest. My wife was on a team racing. And I had this, I had just gotten this like $79 cheap, you know, video camera. So I started making, making videos of the team and, uh, and was doing that through there. And that's where the legend, here's the legendary story. That's where that came from. Cause these were these little crappy, you know, almost unwatchable quality videos and as a joke, it was legendary Randy Erickson films because they worked. <laughs> um, so I was doing that, and uh, so it comes race time, and actually the BBC was supposed to come film, and that was 09, and everybody knows what happens in 08 and 09 with the economy. So like two weeks before the race, the, the race director, Don Mann, says, hey, you want to... You know, videotape, shoot this race, make the video. I'm like, sure. You know, it. It's perfect for me. You know, it's in the area. The race course went past my parents' cabin in the woods. We had a checkpoint literally a hundred meters from our house. You know, I know all the back roads. Um, so I did that. Then spent the next six months, uh, one learning to edit and two editing the film. And it turned out. It turned out okay. I'm not embarrassed to look at it now, but um, so then it was like um, I think my first first race out of here was in New England, and that's where the race director was like started calling me legendary, and it grew from there. So from that race director, I got my first gig shooting race in Switzerland. Um, yeah, it kind of grew a little bit. Then there was a big series for five years of races in Wyoming, which is, you know, a 30-minute drive for me. But uh, And year five was the world championships. So through that five years, I got, you know, you get to know a lot of people. Um, you know, I went to Australia, New Zealand, Ecuador, Belize a couple of times, Panama, um I shot some shot in Iceland a couple of uh, races, so you know it just started growing. The legendary kept growing, <laughs> and and by happenstance, it's branded me. So if somebody says, "Oh, hey, how do I find your stuff?" I say, "Can you remember legendary Randy?" And they're like, "Yes." I said, "Type that into Google." There I am. Oh wow, so, that's great. Um, I... I don't know if you how you plan it, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. All those travels, my goodness, that's quite exciting. It is. It's um, you know, you spend a lot of years 
So this was the deal that my wife, Paulette Kirby, she's a racer. She's an adventure racer. Mm. Although by happenstance, she's also done an, a women's off-road Jeep rally as a navigator. <laughs> but so, you know, we, we, we actually have to balance that because we also have, we have a dog that she brought home from South America. So really? Um, so our travel has always been balanced, but the, the thing at the start, yeah, I don't think maybe I could. Oh, there she is. You can just barely see her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not people listen to the podcast, <laughs> but that's chilly. Yeah. So she's down there racing, doing a 10 day race. And she says, can I bring a dog home? Not a, not a question you say no to. No, for sure. But, um, but the first, yeah, the, so get back on track. The first few years of uh, shooting were the, um, the rule was you can't spend any money. So the races, you know, they covered my expenses, get me there, that, you know, that was where it's at. And, you know, that worked pretty good. So you got to do a lot of traveling. But you get to the point where you shouldn't do anything for free anymore. And I know it's a radical concept, <laughs> but... Um, and, you know, like a year or two ago, you know, I got to that point. It's like, yeah, I'll do it, but you got to pay me some. And I don't have to make a lot because I work for myself. My real job is construction remodeling. I work for myself by myself. So, you know, like next week, I'm going to take off three days to go to, go to the East Coast. Well, what I was doing on Tuesday before I left is what I'll finish doing on Monday when I get back. So that's good. But, um, yeah, you just, you know, people doing things have worth. You know, I think the Internet maybe forgets that once in a while. So, but it's been fun traveling. Um, I'm I'm waiting to see if I get to that point where it's like, oh, God, I got to go again. But I'm not there now. Well, that's a good thing. It sounds like it's exciting. So you're heading to the East Coast. What else do you have planned for this year for shoots? Sporty car racing. Can I call it sporty car racing? Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing to say. Um, I, 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 think road, I think the only definite thing is Road America in the fall with Jasper. Um, all right, quick rundown. In June, I've got a two-day adventure race in Tennessee. I've got a 200-mile gravel bike race the next weekend and a 100-mile trail race the next weekend. First weekend in July, maybe VIR, still up in the air. Um, two weeks after that, an adventure race in Maine. Two weeks after that, in August, an adventure race in Colorado. Uh, adventure race in September. And I think then Baja, I think I'm going with a team in bed with a team for the whole race so um yeah it's 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 busy a lot of weekends and then of course you know i have to factor in my wife's races too plus she works out of town sometimes so um but yeah there's just there's a few races i'd like to you know i'd like to go to vir again um you know i you know watkins Glen, some of those you know like like i'm looking at I guess best case scenario or where I'm at now is, you know, Champ Car or WRL, I think are the right 
for me are the right um, series. You know, I, I had some people say, "Oh God, you know, NASCAR, Formula One, Drive to Survive." <laughs> like, and I'm like, no. There's a, you know, there's a thousand photographers out there, and they're not, you know, they're shooting the same thing. Um, like last time at Sebring, last July, I was able to get up in the start finish tower for the start and finish of the race with them, um, with Champ Car. So that's um, really cool. Yeah. So that those are I like shooting those races. They're, they, yeah, that's I mean, that's cool. Um, Years and years and years and years and years and years and years ago, um, I read an article about photography, and, and the takeaway was, if you can shoot a little league ball game, you can shoot a major league ball game. It's, it's the same thing. If you can shoot Champ Car, you can shoot WRL, NASA, whatever. You can shoot a NASCAR race or you know Formula One or whatever, but um, they look that it looks more boring to me because. Um, so I was at I was at New Hampshire for the NASCAR race. Just I was literally in Maine shooting the adventure race and thought and saw oh wait, you know NASCAR is three hours after the adventure race is over and it's an hour and a half away. But I was looking and there was a photographer there that literally stood on a platform in turn one and took the same shot for 500 laps. It's like mm. that kind of boring. Let's uh. Go to the champ car where, where there's some interesting, interesting vehicles. Is that the polite way of saying it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about how folks can find <laughs> your work. So you have a, a web page at uh, legendaryrandyericksonfilms.com. I'll put a link to this in the show notes. I was on the website. Um, I got to tell you, the motorsports yeah. pictures are great, but those adventure pictures are awesome. You've captured nature competition those are really well um really well put together um do you enjoy one over the other oh the favorite son the favorite child mm-hmm. question <laughs> um honestly no um there's they're so different there's kind of the same um because there's a uh a family team aspect to both races. Um, you know, let's say champ car, because that's where most of my, well, not most, almost all my sports car experiences is champ car. But it's like, you know, oh, you need this, you can, here, take it, you can use it. You know, there, there's that in the garage, and, and you know, everybody's friendly. Um, and everybody kind of knows everybody. Adventure racing is the same way. It's, it's kind of the same people. You know, not everybody, but you know, everybody knows everybody. They take care of each other. Um, sports car racing is new for me. You know, the new shiny thing is always fun. Um, adventure racing is probably a little easier. For one thing, I know everybody. <laughs> That's not quite true, but. I mean, I might go to a race and know, know 40 or 50 people in the race. Um, uh, 40 or 50 of them might have been on my podcast, so I know them pretty well. So you have uh, a real, I have a real easy connection with the adventure racers. Um, you know, I, I'm not one of them, but I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy to, to get that uh, um 
I think they're open with me. Uh, open's not the right word, but um, they know I'm not going to screw them over with a picture, maybe, subconsciously. Yeah. And, and they're going to look good. Um, but by doing that, I can, I can take that to the, to the, to the sports area and not force it, but kind of get that intimacy because I know how to do it with people that don't care. So I think I can make the people that don't know who I am feel comfortable when I'm doing it. So I think that that's the advantage of coming from a, a slower, maybe quieter sport into motorsports. It's a, I, re, I really like shooting cars. Cars are really, really cool to shoot. People are cooler. <laughs> yes. No, I, that may be heresy, but, uh, you know, I love to run around in the paddock and the pits and stuff and just, just you know, get the, get the guys, you know. Well, I think there's one on the site that had just climbed out of the car in 4th of July in Sebring, and, you know, he looked like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like them both. Yeah, let's talk about um, how race teams can use your services. So um, you kind of alluded to it earlier that, um, you know, maybe that was a marketing video that you helped the Champ Car team with. But uh, for the sports car teams that are listening, how can they? How can Randy Erickson uh, use video to help them? Obviously, you have your your partners, um, you know, sponsorship. Although Fritz t- Fritz told me it's your partners, it's not your sponsors. But I think one of the biggest things I, that I can supply is when a driver gets home, and, and this is very important to me. I try to have the video done by Monday morning. And, and and usually what that means is leaving the track Sunday night, driving to the airport, staying up all night in the airport and editing and getting it out. So there so so Monday morning they go to work and their coworkers like, What'd you do? And they're like, Here, look at this video or their family. Um, so I I, I I hate sorry other photographers, I hate when you see Hey, I'm working on the photos. They'll be done by next week. Mm-hmm. No, they should be done Monday because that's people want to see them. Um, but that said, you know, the teams can use them for for uh, you know working for partners. You know, not not that that many champ car teams and stuff really have big sponsors, but you know, it's all out of their pocket. But maybe that can help them. But uh, um, I, I, yeah, it's just going to enhance the experience. You know, if you're writing out seats. It can't hurt to say, hey, you're going to have this video, you know, we'll have some in-car stuff, um, you know, you can, you can show, show everybody what it's all about. So I think that's where I can help. Live videos seem to help. Um, and I discovered this through adventure racing is it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, <laughs> content is content. So a lot of times with, with Flying Ghost, I'll just... I'll just go live and, and uh, you know, put the phone up at the fence and let everybody watch watch all the cars come through for a lap. And people like that. It, it helps them feel more connected to the race. So, um, it, I, connections. I think that's what it, it came to one word. You know, it's just helping everybody connect with everybody else. Sponsors, drivers, um, you know, if you're renting out seats, you got a nice video of your of your car, and people say, "Oh yeah, that looks pretty cool." 
Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the world has gone so video. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty much all we consume anymore on uh, all the social yeah. and digital platforms. No, I was just going to say, it's very interesting about the video, but they have to be short, you know, three, five minutes tops. But people will look, and I know this for a fact, people will go through and scroll through 500 photos in a city. Yeah. So I don't know what that's all about. Uh, what I was going to say was, uh, I want to talk about advice for a moment. You shared one awesome bit of advice you'd received. Um, it was about if you can shoot a little league game, you can shoot a professional or major league game. Mm -hmm. What uh, What's some of the other advice you've received, maybe in yep. uh, some of your adventure racing or even while you've been at the track? Perfect is the, perfect is the uh, enemy of good enough. So like when I'm doing videos, they got to be good. Are they broadcast quality? No. Are they ready to watch in 12 hours? Yes. So that's important. Um, if, if you can find anything a little bit different, if you can get... Um, oh, this is an example of something different. So last time at Sebring, I was down at turn 17. It's the end of the long straightaway, right? You know, under the bridge. And I stuck my GoPro under the K barrier. It was was getting you know views of the cars going by from under there. So it's it's not a view that I had seen before. So um, different, you know, yeah, different uh, of, of viewpoints or vantage points. If, if ten people are shooting shooting the corner entrance of the corner, you know, maybe you should be shooting the exit of the corner. Um, be nice. Be polite. Always thank the corner workers. Um, I always, I always thank them, and I always take their picture. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, you know. So, I, someday I'm going to go to put together a, uh, you know, just an album of stuff of just corner workers. But, uh, yeah, I keep thinking, yeah, that's on my list to do. So one of these days I'll do it. But, um, yeah, just be polite. Um, don't, don't, um, don't get in the way, but don't, don't get close. Um, especially if you're with a team, if, you know, if you're part of the team, um, you know, get in there, get close. Don't be, uh, don't be mad if they knock you over. <laughs> so my, my rule in construction is, you know, you get, you get customers who are like, oh, am I bothering you? And I always say, when you get hit in the head with a hammer, you're bothering me. So don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, so yeah, just just things like that. Well, a um, couple more questions here. Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about that you wanted to? Okay. Um, not really. I think we covered a lot of it. I think. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Kind of thinking about it, what do we want to talk about? I think we kind of covered everything. Um, yeah, you know, and um, I'm gonna, you know, like I said, I'll put links to your. Yeah, the, the one, I've got a lot of. Go know. ahead, Randy. Yeah. No, I didn't. No, I didn't really. I was going to say something, but I don't think it was important. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I I'll put links to all your website, 
and your Facebook page. Are there any other ways that people can connect with you if they want to learn more about your services? No, I mean, those are the two best ways. You know, I have, I, did, I got, you know, the Instagram. I think I might have a Twitter someplace. I don't use Instagram. Um, I, I just decided a long time ago, you can't do all the social media if you have a real real life. Um, and, and for me, adventure racing and I and most of the sports car stuff is on on Facebook so um, you know that's that's the that's the two best places you know always Google legendary Randy so but I mean, you can go you can go to my photos and go back 10 years of of I don't know there must be a hundred thousand photos or better on there <laughs> so wow you'd get real bored <laughs> Well, the last question, and this this could apply to um, anything you've done in motorsports or adventure racing, for that matter. Have you ever been either late to grid or late to the starting line? In adventure racing, miss stuff in the middle of the night because I'm sleeping. Yeah, you, know, you you kind of you know they're not, they're nonstop racing, so they go 24 hours nonstop. Um, so I may be sleeping someplace and and miss somebody by a few minutes or something like that. But um, I will say this is this well, you can decide what this means about you. Is my constant dream almost every night is being not able to get to a starting line of of something, you know. Everything conspires to, to to stop me from there. So I I think in real life I I get there all the time, except the few times when I get the dates wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very notorious for that, so I really double check. But um, yeah, being late is I hate being late. And and you know, of course, as soon as we get done, I will think of of where I was late. But um, mm. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's my constant fear is being late. Well, Randy, I want to uh, thank you for being a guest on the Late to Grid podcast. Um, your stories and, and background uh, are super interesting. Your travels are very impressive, and I'm really going to encourage our listeners to go out and check out your website and your Facebook page to kind of see some great examples of motorsports photography, and if they're looking to get some some film and video of you and um, or I'm sorry of them by you uh, they should reach out so thanks again for being on the podcast thank you for listening to the late to grid podcast I also want to thank Chris at LMS EFI Michael at ETC coaching and the team at Atomic Autosports for their support Chris is your guy for all things data ECU and wiring Michael will help you exceed your goals and the Atomic Autosports crew will help you get your car ready for the track Check the show notes for links to learn more about these great organizations. Be sure to visit AtomicAutosports.com for access to all of the Late to Grid episodes, helpful blogs, and downloadable checklists. The more people we can help, the more people we'll have at the track. This includes drivers, crew members, and volunteers. Let's grow grassroots racing. And remember, I'm here to make sure that you are not late to grid.